<laughs> Goat League Assemble! Today's episode is brought to you by the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, previously known as the Humanitarian Bowl and started in 1997. The game is played at Albertson Stadium on the campus of Boise State University in lovely Boise, Idaho. Um, Charles, actually watching it right now, uh, we've got a heck of a matchup, San Jose State versus Eastern Michigan at the, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. Charles, these are, one, these are one of the bowl games that I feel like I, no matter what year it is, I find myself <laughs> near a TV for the Idaho Potato Bowl, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. It's one of those things you just can't miss. Um, it's, you know, like, <laughs> it's that one. It's the uh, the TurboTax Bowl or the, uh, you know, that's one of them. I, I always find myself watching the Boca Raton Bowl. Yeah, or Duke's Mayo. Yeah, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, of course, formerly known as the Belk Bowl. Um, I, those are some of the bowl games. I'm trying to think of more of the obscure – um, I said obscure. that one just because the mayonnaise bath. Otherwise, I mean, obviously the Gator Bowl, but that used to be a huge bowl, and the Cotton Bowl used to be a huge bowl. Yeah, um, the Gasparilla Bowl—that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> that is random. <laughs> that's the one, and then of course the uh, the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Oh, can't forget about AutoZone. <laughs> that's a, I feel like that's a big one. Um, you know. And the Music City Bowl. Wow, there's some great ones. There are some great ones. And uh, I know the Idaho Potato Bowl is a solid one because, to, uh, to quote Biggie and Who Shot Ya, burns slow like blunt with yayo, pill more skins than Idaho Potato. So uh, <laughs> we, we all know he's watching. <laughs> and he didn't he say you need to learn, though? <laughs> burn, baby, burn like disco. Like disco and burn, burn. Oh, no. yeah. What a, what a classic. <laughs> It's a good one, man. Um, well, uh, shout out Biggie uh, and shout out the Idaho Potato Bowl, our sponsors. Um, and 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 it's December twentieth. We are getting very very close to uh, to Christmas, Kyle. Yeah, it's um, it's twelve twenty, man. We it's it does this every year, but it has crept up on us. We are really close to that Saturday. Um, Christmas Eve, you know, chestnuts are roasting on an open fire. You know, last year, I'm pretty sure all of North Carolina was like 60s, 70s during Christmas. This year, we're going to be freezing our dicks off. (laughs) It's going to be cold. It's supposed to even be like 20-some mid-30s in Wilmington. So, I know it's going to be freezing elsewhere, literally. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, but that's what you want for Christmas. You know, you you want a little chill. You want a little bit of a um, wintry weather mix. You know, it would be nice to have snow, but at the same time, you know, beggars can't be choosers. Um, right. Just just don't give me like 43 and rain. Yeah, at that point, just give me 65 again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, it's go- if, if it ain't snow... Or a little bit of like snowflake, sleet, wintry mix. Just, just go ahead and give me a sixty-five and a thunderstorm. Right. 
Exactly. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it being cold. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, it definitely feels more like Christmas. I mean, I've had some nice sunny and 75 Christmases down here. Not going to complain, but um, oh no, they're great. It's but, the best. The cold. Yeah, I just you know, last year my dad always does a uh, oyster roast on Christmas Day, and I just remember everybody last year was like sweating their their tits off. Um, <laughs> we're, we're freezing tits and sweating yeah, tits. Yeah, you can do both. <laughs> but the, everybody was like sweating because you know, like to do a oyster roast, like it gets hot around there. But that's part of like the the nice part of doing it during a cold weather. Christmas is you kind of warm up next to all that, you know. And it was the exactly. opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I love a good uh, oyster roast on Christmas. We used to have one all the time. We <laughs> get together with the with the the old Holt side of the family. So. Um, it's a classic, classic move. Uh, what, what's your what's your favorite kind of uh, what's your favorite way to eat oysters outside of just the the roast conversation? Oh man, I like them raw. Shuck them and slurp them down, um, or like an oyster shooter, like that raw oyster. A little bit. The of shooters Tabasco, are good. Tabasco sauce and the uh, I think it's peppercorn vodka. Ooh, little peppercorn yeah. vodka. <laughs> that's what uh, that's phenomenal. what an oyster shooter is. Yeah, no, you're right. I just never really put put it all together, uh, but yeah, pepper, yeah, that's that's my favorite <laughs> way. The, the pepper vodka, a little uh, hot and brown, maybe a little absolute. This might be a hot take, Charles, but I'm not the biggest fried seafood guy. I'm not either. It has to be like very lightly battered if you're gonna. It, I mean, you know, like growing up down in North Carolina, you got the like calabash traditional calabash seafood. Dude, if I go have a dinner like that nowadays, I like my heartburn. It feels like I'm about to die. <laughs> it's funny. I went to it's uh, so fried. I went to Blue Water on Sunday night for uh, Drew Smith's wife's birthday, and I ah. told them, I said, if it was Friday night, I could get the Calabash seafood plate and and deal with the heartburn. But it's a Sunday. I can't be dealing with that. And they're like, this is the most this is thirty conversation I've ever heard. It's true. It's true. <laughs> It is true. So true. I don't want the heartburn hangover. <laughs> no, I, I'd rather have an actual hangover than that. 100%. 100%. Um, so, speaking of Christmas, I know one thing you were wanting to uh, to talk about was, uh, you know, and maybe another hot take. Um, you know, are stocking stuffers overrated or underrated? And... Uh, what might be the top five stocking stuff? St- wow, stocking stuffer gifts. Um, so I'll let you start out. Do you, what do you think? Underrated right. or overrated? I think they. I think the stocking stuffer is underrated. I also think it's a dying part of Christmas. Um, you don't really hear about kids anymore. Like, you know, you go over and like, where's their like stocking? They don't have that. Like that's that's part of it. Like going over to gra- your grandparents' house, or you know, having it at your house. You always had two stockings, and just um, and and just like I wonder what's inside. But you, in the back of your mind, you know it's the same thing as last year. <laughs> yeah, little little little. Uh, well, I won't I won't ruin some of the other things. I think yet, they're but... underrated, and I think Charles, as a society, we're losing recipes all over. We're losing recipes, whether that's rolling in 
the big old TV on the uh, on the wheel cart to watch March Madness during, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, or the class. ACC tournament. Yeah, the ACC tournament. Like, kids, you don't do that anymore. Um, you know, the, the stocking stuffer thing is a recipe we're losing. Uh, passing notes in, in school. I hate to harp on school. It's just on my, it's on my mind. But do kids pass notes anymore? Do they have to? Do they just send a text? Oh, that's a good point. They're probably just texting. I, I mean, you know, there's, there's, we're losing a lot of recipes all over, man. And I'm not, I'm not meaning recipes as in like food recipes. Yeah, probably some of those too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but I completely agree. I mean, I'd love to like have this spirited debate with you, but um, I, I think stocking stuffers are severely underrated. Uh, you could fit multiple different, you know, types of things that, you know, adds to the, the and everybody always gets something them. like, yeah, the great thing about it is if I talk to you, I talk to Mooney, I talk to Jordan, I talk to Paul, Connor, Vic, it, you know, if they still do stocking stuffers with their family, um, everybody's going to have majority of the same thing in their stocking, but everybody's going to have one of those one or two items that's a little different. You're like, Hey, you know, Maybe when I get grown up, I'll take that idea and throw that in the stocking stuffer. You know, that's that's the cool part about it is, hey, what'd you get in your stocking stuffer? I got this, this, and this, and you got this, 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 and you didn't get this, but you got this. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm rambling, but I think it's a, uh, <laughs> I think that's a pretty cool part of Christmas. Yeah. Hey, we got time. We got time to to ramble uh, because uh, we yeah. have way less matchups to cover today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> some that, say only two. <laughs> some are saying two. Um, so, uh, so Charles, give me your give me your five favorite items to find in your stocking. Okay, so I'm going to do a little bit of mix of like old school, <clears throat> like kid, and then some adult yes. stuff. So, okay, lottery ticket. Okay. Uh, as far as an adult and even a kid, um, okay. adult airplane bottle or two. Oh, okay. Um, and then kid, uh, gotta love, you know, getting to the bottom and realizing that you got a few, you know, King Kit Kats or something like that. Right. Um, right. some, some warm stuffed up socks. Yeah. Um, and then number five, I'm going to have to go with that, that tiny little thing that didn't really seem like it was anything, but it's, it's a code for a, a download on, on some kind of a, a game system, like a, like a Nintendo Switch or, or something. Um, Love it. Be my five. All right, my five, and, and I'm glad you said this because I, I, I could remember days before the North Carolina lottery where my mom, I mean, you know, we always used to do Christmas down in, in uh, Bamberg, Orangeburg, Bamberg, South Carolina, um, on my mom's side, we would always spend Christmas Eve and wake up Christmas Day there up until like about 15, you know, 14, 15 years old. Um, so we'd always have lottery tickets because South Carolina lottery at that time. Right. But even after that, I don't think the North Carolina lottery got there until we were, you know, into high school. And even then, I'd still have a little bit of South Carolina lottery ticket. Lottery ticket definitely has to be in the stocking. Even as a kid, it's cool. Like, hey, I won five bucks. That goes a long way when you're Heck in, yeah. when you're in middle school or in high school. And you always heard of somebody like Jordan. That fucker would always win like fifty bucks. It's like, I got a dollar. 
you know, or my sister. And it's like the the lottery ticket for sure. Number two, definitely a pair of socks. There, there's something special. The older I get, the only thing really I ask for Christmas is like re-up on underwear, re-up on socks, and, you, and you're happy. Yeah. It, those are gifts now where it's like, damn, I really needed this. And I think as men, especially as a single man, it's like, dude, I'll roll with I'll roll with underwear I got four years ago and, and not think the, <laughs> not think the change. Oh shit! Being not single doesn't change that. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you know, I think you and I had this conversation, and, and uh, I think I had it with Weston and, and Alan too. But like, um, I, I've never bought a towel for myself. Those are all. Oh yeah, like, we talked about that. Yeah, like my my grandmother like. Or my mom, like our Macy's or Belk, you know, and they're like, "Hey, there's a there's a sale on towels. Got you some new towels." Those are, I've never went out and physically picked out a towel for myself. I, the towels I have are just a collection of, of different towels throughout the history <laughs> of my life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, same here. I, sorry, I'm, I'm kind of sidetracking here, but socks for sure. Number three, a gift card. All right. As a mm. kid, I can remember getting like an iTunes gift card or yes. uh, a Chick-fil-A gift card, or you might get a little uh, GameStop gift card in there or something. Nothing crazy. It's not like a massive gift card, but, you know, a little 15, 10, 15, 20, 25 dollar gift card. One of those places always, always hits in the stocking. Um, my number four is is gum. I always like getting a pack of like Orbit gum, extra gum, something like that, where you know you're going to sit there and need that pack of gum. You don't need it yet, but you might be going to school. You might be going to work. Hey, I got some gum in my stocking. I, I, I'm I'm good to go. I don't even have to stop and get some. I wasn't going to get some anyway at the gas station, but I got some now. My breath's going to be smelling extra minty today. Yeah, gum is like the cigarettes of school. It's like currency <laughs> at school. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let me get a piece of gum, man. I'll give you this. Uh, I'll give you this number two. Uh, I'll give you this point two millimeter lead uh, yeah, mechanical pack pencil. That I got yeah. For a, for a slice of gum. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and no, number five for me, um, I, I always love getting chapstick. I always get about three or four chapstick. That'll last me the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still got I still got chapstick in my uh, bathroom drawer that is that has been there from last Christmas, just in case. Because if I ever lose a pack or a pack goes in the pocket and I wash that chapstick, it's ruined. But I don't got to yeah. re up. I just go right into the drawer. I got I got chapstick. Um, so those those are those are my five. I think those are those are great funny you say that i was just i literally before you said that i was literally sitting here like man i really need to go find my chapstick like not even kidding um yeah so i can resonate with that one and see like back to my point about everybody kind of gets one or two items different i've never got an airplane bottle in mind but what a great freaking idea (laughs) yeah that's just been recently that's uh i know i know that's, that's awesome yeah no it is it's pretty sweet um Especially, you don't know what it's going to be either. I mean, it could be, you know, it's alcohol, but it could be Fireball, it could be Tito's, you know, you don't know. Yeah. Um, 
Well, we'll we'll transition from the uh, little crown apple. Oh, dude, crown crown apple, uh, low key slept on um, in the fireball craze. Um, I want to try the I want to try the crown peach. I've heard great things. Uh, I think as my whiteness hasn't allowed me to go buy a bottle of it. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. That's so. more of an urban <laughs> thing, but but I could imagine that's that's really nice with maybe a little little crown peach and a and a sweet tea on a summer or spring day. That sounds Man, phenomenal. You got me wanting to flash forward six months. <laughs> um. Yeah, I need to get. I need to try branch out and try some new stuff this summer for sure. Instead of just like trying these new like beers <clears throat> and marketing stuff, I need to actually make yeah. some concoctions. Yeah, that's that's my goal too. Is just build build the stock at my uh, my little my little bar cart in my apartment and and just create a little bit. You know. Yeah, I'm down. I'm always down for a little creation. Um, and, a little concoction. Uh, a concoction, and. Uh, you know, kind of a bourbon guy myself. Speaking of uh, of bourbon and concoctions, uh, we know that uh, our, our gang from the show Yellowstone is always about some bourbon and 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 getting into yeah. shit and getting their own concoctions together. Uh, we just had a new episode drop, and so, what do you think? This was one of my least favorite episodes of the last couple seasons. It was one of those buffer episodes where they had yeah. to build they had to build up a story for the second half of the season and uh I, I felt like not a lot really went on yep um you know there's talk of how they're going to make money and stuff so they had to kind of build that side of the story up like i think obviously they're going to transition into selling instead of selling cattle they're going to process and sell the meat of the cattle Right. Uh, anything to save the ranch. So basically, yeah. And I agree um, with you. Straight buffer yeah. episode. But other than yeah. that point, did you watch nineteen twenty three after? Uh, no, I have not seen it yet. I I really want to. Uh, Harrison Ford, obviously great, <clears throat> um, great cast here. Much better cast, uh, I think, than you know people think. And it's also got a. Uh, Old boy from uh, Game of Thrones in it. Uh, I can't yeah. remember his name right now. I'm drawing a blank, but uh, yeah, um, the, uh, Jamie's Jamie's best friend. Yeah, well, it was like yeah, it, at the end, but before that, it was uh, Tyrion's boy. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Bran. What was his name? Not Bran. Um, Bron something like or that. something. Bron. Yeah, because it Sir wasn't Bron. Yeah, so Bron of Blackwater. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I did not realize he was in it. That's really cool. Um, what was your, so you did watch first episode, I presume. I did. Um, it was a little late and, you know, with any first episode, they have to lay each character storyline down and, and they, they hopped around a lot. There's a lot going on. Um, I thought it was solid, but I really got to give it about another episode or two before I can fully judge how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, like one of the sons of the Duttons um, is in Africa right now. So they were hopping all the way to Africa. Damn. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, there's just a lot going on. But so Harrison Ford and his wife are actually 
James and uh, Margaret Dutton from 1883, that's James's brother. Gotcha. And his wife. And so, spoiler alert, James and Margaret, they don't make it long in, in Montana before before dying. And James Dutton, Tim McGraw's character, has written Harrison Ford, his brother, saying, I need you to come uh, and move move out here to take care of my kids. We're not going to make it. Um, so that's kind of how that plot's going down. Um, and he and then Harrison Ford's character has apparently built this Yellowstone ranch into uh, the Dutton ranch into a uh, massive enterprise. So I think it'll be solid. Yeah. So, so the guy that's in Africa, what's he doing there? Just like, is he like, uh, I imagine him like okay, tracking so, big game or something. Like, so he, he is James Dutton's youngest, no, oldest son. The, the one that's in 1883 is a boy, I believe. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and he had to go fight in World War One, And after World War One, I, I guess he got caught up with some kind of deal where he tracks down big game that is threatening these English people um, that are wanting to visit Africa, you know, cause back then colonialism and, you know, they all own, you know, blah, 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 but they want to visit Africa and they want to do safaris and stuff, but you know, it's still 1923. So there's not any way to keep, big game preying on these people. And mm-hmm. so he goes into these campsites and tracks down lions and leopards and, uh, you know, all, all that stuff to, to keep people safe. Uh, it's, uh, that's kind of what I gathered. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I was, I was curious. That was super random. Um, but yeah. that that is interesting, and I think it's that's so the way it lines up. I guess that's Kevin Costner's brother, or Kevin Costner's uncle. Um, I'm the guy that's in Africa. I can't really piece it together, but I think um, it's something like that. No, it is. It would be Kevin Costner's great. No, Kevin Costner's grandfather. Okay, grandfather. Um, either one of the sons is Kevin Costner's grandfather. Okay, that's probably it then, because I yeah, one of I them heard something James, about one of them's yeah, one of them's John Dutton Senior, right? And and that is the grandfather. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Gotcha. Well, that sounds interesting, man. We definitely need to check it out. I'd be interested if you happen to see the second episode before I see the first one. What your thoughts are? Um, and, and how it all shakes out, but it's definitely got a better like upfront cast that people I feel like recognize before getting into it than either of the uh, other ones did. Like obviously you got Kevin Costner, and but um, across the board, I feel like I recognize more going into it than I did on you know exception. Of, I mean Tim McGraw is like that hybrid, right? It's not like he's a he's an actor. It's not what he does. Um, although he was. Probably the best actor in that show, 1883. I um, yeah, I thought so, too. Um, yeah, Tim McGraw is kind of like the 
he's like a better I think he's a better Justin Timberlake as far as like probably a better actor um and probably more not renowned as a musician but more of a uh yeah I think he's like a better version of Justin Timberlake as far as like can cross over and do both that's what I that's what I'm trying to say no, I know. Like his range is crazy. Like, look at yeah. even even two of the same kind of movies, both football movies. He's completely different characters and figures yeah. to the central, you know, plot. Um, right. Exactly. Friday Night Lights and uh, Blindside for anybody that wasn't picking that up. But <laughs> yeah, but I think the best the best example of that it has to be Jamie Foxx. Oh, dude. Yeah, because he could do um, he he could do stand up. He could do he could sing. He can act. He's done serious movies. He's done comedies. He's done action movies. He's you know released albums. He's yeah. He could do it all. Yeah, he's done it. Every, and then even in like any given Sunday, it was a sports yeah. movie. It was kind of like a dark movie in a way. Um, and he crushed it. Oh, Willie Beeman. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so. Well, well, speaking of football, let's let's dive right in. I mean, <laughs> talk yeah. about it any given Sunday. Um, we had a great we had a great playoff weekend. I thought, yeah, not particularly close matchups uh, at the end of, but they were certainly close up until a certain time. Um, you know, kind of ran away with it, and um, you know, Vikram well, ha- had a bad week also, so that didn't help. Yeah. And with the, Charles, one thing I did love though, is that like we had a Thursday game, we had three Saturday games, we had Sunday games and we had one Monday game. So it kept everybody engaged for, you know, a four or five a day span um, where we, we really don't get that anytime other than the playoffs. Um, just just because yeah. there's no Saturday games up until then. But um, I thought that was really cool where I was constantly checking scores Thursday night and then Saturday checking checking fantasy scores and then obviously Sunday and then obviously last night. So um, that was cool to have that extra day kind of added in there with three games that were, um, you know, ultimately decided this week's matchups. Yeah, I mean, it was really the, the the fact that it was three games as opposed to just like a one-game plug. I, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I thought that was really cool. And they were consequential, too, to your point. I mean, you had, uh, you know, for example, on Vikram's side, you had Mark Andrews go, which was, you know, what a disappointing second half of the season for him. Um, and, you know, on the other side, you had that Vikings game, when, how they came back. Obviously, there's a lot of fantasy points to be had there. Um, yeah. Yeah, we had a Justin Jefferson who just, but of course that didn't matter because Weston was on by. But, um, but side note, Weston putting up like 130 points, even though it didn't matter, with like a negative one and a goose. <laughs> That's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which matchup do you want to look at first? Let's. Uh, I mean, let's dive into Jordan versus Vic. Um, you know, I think. Vic obviously had an underwhelming week, but he got, you know, two a Saturday was, uh, you know, getting 19, almost 20 points out of, out of two was huge. 
especially the way that game was. It was uh, it was a great game for it to be a Saturday night primetime Dolphins Bills matchup. Uh, super super entertaining and um, very back and forth. You know, Buffalo obviously comes out on top, but Tua with with nineteen points was huge for Vic and. You know, when Saturday rolled around, I was thinking like, all right, Mark, A- Mark Andrews is coming up, you know, with 4.6 points, but Tua adding 19.56 with Sunday rolling around, you're thinking Barkley's going to have 20, which he did. You're thinking Miles Sanders is definitely going to keep, you know, his, you know, his production up. And, uh, oh, that was brutal. Yeah. I mean, it was really looking kind of bright for, for Vic rolling into Sunday. Like it looked like he kind of had a chance, but on, you know, on Jordan's side, Justin Fields doing, you know, what he does as far as, you know, running the ball and he threw for, you know, 152 yards. Uh, McCaffrey went off. Eckler got a late touchdown, late touchdown that helped Jordan tremendously. Um, Zay Jones, that game, looked like it was out of reach. Dallas was was up big on Jacksonville. Jacksonville comes all the way back. Zay Jones has three of those touchdowns. I think that's what got Jordan, um, you know, over 100 points right there because you kind of look at Mike Evans and and, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, they they combined for 23 points. But other than that, everybody else was kind of average. So, um, yeah, what what, what did you kind of see out of there? Uh, For me, it was – it was – you know, Jay Jones. It was crazy. I mean, I and know, Jordan left. Kind of did their Jordan thing. left Kirk Cousins on the bench, which is, um, I, he's got a good he's got a good problem to have if, if he's going to have to decide between Fields or Cousins. Yeah, and and you know, uh, talk about this when we look at the preview, but I just don't see him going away from Fields just with you know his his floor is so low. If you look at the first half of that Kirk Cousins performance, I mean, it looked like he was going to have like seven fantasy points. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields will never get you worse than 15 just because the legs, I feel I feel like. Yeah. Um, so, it, but to your point, I mean, it's a great problem to have. Um, Zay Jones went absolutely off. Um, we've been, you know, we've been knowing, we've been, we've been knowing who Zay Jones is for a very long time. Um, you know, bit dating back to the college days. So, Really right. nice to see him have just a breakout performance, and Trevor Lawrence just to to have a breakout performance against a good Dallas defense. Oh, Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. Anybody that was doubting him, you know, at the uh, halfway point of this season is uh, there's no need to doubt him anymore. He he has turned into a, everything you hope from a number one pick getting drafted to Jacksonville. Yeah, and they gave him. They're giving him weapons. And looking at next year, they're going to have Jay Jones. They're going to have Kirk, and then all all Calvin Ridley. People forget they got Calvin Ridley. All he's got to do is just come in and be better than Marvin Jones, which is obviously and Evan Ingram. Evan and Evan Ingram. Yeah, he's been insane. Um, yeah, and Etn. And Etn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm sure you know they can even add more people in the draft. If they want to. Or and their defense, defense looks really spot. good. Their defense looks really good. Yeah, no, they they could still make the playoffs. Um, I know it's crazy. That's the crazy thing, and that was a must win for them to do so. Um, so that was really cool. And then they got the pick six. To your point about the defense there at the end, um, but yeah, Jordan moves on, kicks butt, one twenty eight to eighty six. 
I think this is probably his third semifinals. Um, so looking for that first championship win. Um, but before we do, we will look at Mooney's solid victory, uh, 152 to 118. Um, you know, Dalvin Cook had a massive game on Saturday, which was huge to start out for him. And Josh um, Allen. And Josh Allen, of course, uh, in that night game, you didn't, you know, Josh, that's the first time Josh Allen's put up more than 25 points in several weeks. Um, yeah. I think he put up like 30 versus Detroit. But before that, he hadn't put up over 25 since before the game before you and I made that bet. So yeah. it's been since week six if you take out the Lions. Yeah. Um, so exactly. anyway. That's what he was, I was just about to say that. Yeah, exactly. And then A.J. Dillon, cherry on top last night, two tutties, um, takes out Paul. And, you know, Paul just didn't get – he did not get what he wanted from his studs. After he got the start from Kittle and Walker, you think he's starting pretty good. But, um, you know, Gibson – not that he's a stud, but Gibson, three points. But Devontae Adams is really who I'm thinking about. Uh, you know, 4.8 points, bad matchup. Um, you know, it was just – it was first loss ever in the playoffs. You hate to see it. Yeah, it had to happen at some point. Um you know, not a bad week from Paul with 118 points. It, you know, if he was going against Vic, obviously he'd be moving on to the next round. Um, but that's right. just kind of how it. That's kind of how it shakes out. You know, Kenneth Walker's been banged up to end the year, so he only got you 9.9, which is you know not the end of the world. Pittman had a great game on Saturday, um, and then George Kittle, which we said last week he was due, and uh, he for sure. Uh, delivered with two touchdowns against Seattle. Um, but, uh, you know, just looking at his roster, when you've got uh, Gibson, you know, that's just a toss-up. And then, you know, the way Tampa Bay has been playing lately, you just can't really depend on, you know, really anybody on that squad. Um, so, you know, Leonard Fournette getting nine points, you, you, you consider that a win, but he just didn't have enough firepower, you know, looking at uh, – at this week's matchup with Mooney, but you know, hats off to a good season for, for Vic and Paul. Um, but we, we get to see Mooney and Jordan kind of roll into the semifinals of the, uh, the goat league uh, playoffs. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. We are down to the, the semifinals. I know I said this in the group me, but 75% chance now of a new champion being crowned. Um, if I'm not going to make the playoffs, then, you know, I'm at least excited about that. Um, right. So I'd like to look at a, uh, a Fayetteville rivalry matchup first um, with Jordan taking on Craven. Um, we all know that, you know, Craven's lost seven regular season games and won the championship in the last, you know, two, almost two years now. Um, but it'll be interesting. We got some very interesting play to be seen here and what's going to happen. Um you know, it's, it does not sound like Tannehill's going to play, and he's very banged up. It'll be interesting to see who Craven gets for quarterback this week. Um, there's a few options out there, and same for, for Weston, as we're hearing murmurs about Jalen Hurts not being able to go. Um, yeah. You know, we're looking at these guys getting either Daniel Jones against the Vikings, Gardner Minshew stepping in for Hurts, or risking it, and, and doing something crazy like starting Zach Wilson on short rest on Thursday. It's going to be interesting. 
Yeah, I, I mean, this this is coming down to you have to you have to gamble on a plug and play, and be sure that it's going to get you enough points to hang around to hopefully somebody has a, a hell of a week and and they can really um, you know uplift the rest of your team that's kind of banged up and and just looking at Craven's squad. I mean, I would say Daniel Jones may be the best option, but, you know, with them going against um, – who do the Giants have? The Vikings. So, they've got the worst got pass the, defense in the league. Yeah, Giants got the Vikings. And that's – see, that's – I don't know. That's a gamble to me, but I think the Vikings are also due for a big loss. Yeah. Um, but then again, I look at last week, they were down 33 nothing. I thought the big loss was coming uh, on Saturday. And they, and they find a way to, to somehow come back and, and actually win the game. So now I'm just kind of like, do you want to play a Giants player, uh, especially quarterback position against this team? They may have had their loss the first three quarters of last week, and, and they may roll into uh, – this week and, and and blow the Giants out. I mean, it's just – it's a toss-up, Charles. Yeah, it is. And it'll be interesting because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, since Craven has the number one seed and Weston has the two seed, Weston gets the priority over Craven, assuming that X player makes it to either of them. Um, yeah. So, it'll be interesting. I mean, it's basically Weston almost is deciding for Craven, you know, in a way, potentially. Right. Um. You know, so that'll be that'll be very intriguing to keep an eye on. And on Jordan's side, um, you know, does he plug in James Cook? Um, you know, does he roll the dice with with Gus Edwards going against the Falcons, um, or does he kind of just roll with who he did last week? I mean, after what Zay Jones did, you can't take him out of your lineup. Um, yeah, if I'm Jordan, if I'm Jordan, I don't play Edwards or Cook. I play Smith Schuster. Uh, in a in a must win against Seattle, I still think the Chiefs haven't reached their full potential. So, I mean, it's just a tricky matchup for, um, you know, for that Seattle play there. Um, you know, Charles. You know, what what are you kind of seeing with this matchup as far as Craven's lineup goes? Uh, you know, does he plug in P Ryan? Does, does he play um, Josh Kelly? Who who's He's he's looked he's looked pretty solid, you know, in, in that in that role for for the Chargers lately. So, yeah, um, something to think about here. But his team's clearly banged up, and he's really dependent on, you know, a Peoples Jones touchdown, Jacoby Myers touchdown, and and, and Josh Jacobs, and um, maybe Alan Lazard, and you know, to to really carry that um, that role. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really see him adjusting much. I mean, his his bench, I mean, three guys on IR are out. Four out. Um, a yep. tight end that can't go in over Kelsey. Um, Aguilar. I'm not starting Aguilar in the fantasy playoffs. Um, Corey Davis on a short week banged up, not starting him. Uh, so I think he's rolling with what he's got. Maybe Josh Kelly over one of these guys. Um, you know, Peoples Jones, not a great matchup. Jacoby Myers, fine, but after you know, maybe a little redemption game after what the hell he did Sunday. Um, 
And then P. Ryan, he should be okay. But I, J- Jordan's just got too much consistency and firepower with McCaffrey, Eckler, Fields, and, you know, potential Juju. And Mike Evans is due for a touchdown. Call I, I mean, really, really, really Zay Jones, too. Yeah. Yeah, Zay. I mean, Giants defense isn't that great coming off a short week. Um, Zay is and sure I, to get eight targets at least or seven. And I know – now, I know he doesn't have them plugged in yet, but I do like Baltimore defense going against Atlanta right here where um, oh, yeah. they, they would really knock Atlanta out of the playoff picture in that NFC South if, if they win. And yeah. Baltimore Baltimore's in a must-win situation. Atlanta's really not. Um, and Desmond Ritter did not look anything like a potential starting quarterback for, for the Falcons for the future. So – that you know that that could be one of those games where seven points projected could could really be six to twelve. I think. Yeah, I'm intrigued because the fact that he's in his on his bench, I don't know if he's just mental warfare or if he's got a defense in mind that he's going to make a decision between. I'm looking at the I waiver. Be, I wouldn't be shocked knowing Jordan that he's he's definitely picking up. Uh, a defense on, on the waivers just to, to give him some options. Yeah. Rams defense playing Denver. Mm, don't that's don't gonna, like that. I'm just saying that's, that's the main one that sticks out on the wire to me. And right. then Buccaneers going against potentially Trace McSorley. So that is tasty as well. I, I bet he's looking at Bucks over Rams, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I like the Ravens play. I mean, why not start a, a defense that's getting better? Um, against a, a not good looking rookie quarterback, so um, it'll be interesting to see. But you know, I, I've got I've got Jordan to, to win by about 15, 20 points in this one. To be honest, um, what do you what do you think prediction wise? And then we'll look at the other matchup. Mm. I hate that. Uh... I hate that I haven't seen who who Craven plugs in at quarterback, but my gut is telling me this year Jordan's making the the championship game. I think Jordan wins. Um, I think it's closer than you know what his matchup with Vic was like this week, but uh, this past week, excuse me. But I think Jordan wins anywhere between five to ten, twelve points. Okay. All right. Well, let's look at. Maybe the best rivalry in the history of the Goat League, um, the best rivalry in the history of the Goat League, Mooney versus Weston. Um, Weston, the two seed, you know, we we know Mooney rolled in. Um, You know, right now it's a big question mark at quarterback because, you know, if if their number one – if his number one quarterback in fantasy is out, um, the guy that's been, you know, rolling him along to to dominance basically – um, this is going to be a very close matchup. Um, and I wouldn't expect anything else from these two playing each other. Um, yeah, yeah. This is this is one of those games where I think you look at the head-to-head, and I think Mooney wins. Um, I think Mooney wins. I think, it, I think it is close. You know, obviously Jalen Hurts being out and him being the number one quarterback in fantasy football this year, um, it, it hurts Weston, you know, uh, I can't even describe how much it's going to hurt Weston's team, but, you know, he's got Buffalo defense. 
Mooney's playing Dawson Knox this week instead of Hill, which I agree with against Chicago. He's got Josh Allen, and the Bills are in that spot to where they're fighting for a playoff first-round bye, and they're going against a very, very bad Chicago Bears team. I think you could see Weston and the Buffalo defense maybe outscore a Dawson Knox uh, at seven projected points and, and, and could keep Weston in it um, yeah. with, with just that, you know, uh, that Saturday one o'clock matchup. Why do the Bills have back-to-back Saturday games? I don't understand that, but, you know, <laughs> it makes no sense. It makes no fucking sense. Um, but, you know, we're not here to argue um, or question what the NFL does scheduling-wise, but that's just another, another one on the slate where you're like, why does Minnesota – and Buffalo have back-to-back Saturday games. Yeah, um, it's weird. Um, it's very weird. And scheduling-wise, I just noticed, you know, James Conner for Weston and Godwin, both Sunday night games. Mooney's last guy goes Sunday at 1 because he's got a few Saturday people. So afternoon games are done. <clears throat> We're going to know exactly – what Weston needs from the combo of James Conner and Godwin. So it's, and, and as long as that's within 35, 40 points, it's doable. Um, probable, maybe not. Um, but I can't believe you know, James Conner's projected 17 and a half points. Yeah, I know. Um, I feel like he's a little touchdown dependent, but at the same time, I mean, he's getting a hell of a lot of opportunity. I mean, even in a slow last couple games, um, you know, he's had, uh, back-to-back, like, 20 touches between the air and on the ground, 25 carries a week before that for the bye. So, I will we'll say see, this. Man. I will say this. With Jalen Hurts being out, could play to Weston's advantage because he's going to have Tony Pollard yep. against a quarterbackless Eagles team, right. whereas Mooney's going to have A.J. Brown without with Jalen Minshew. Hurts uh, with, with Minshew. You know, that, that could be one of those games where Weston could gain points with Pollard and having Brown not do what he's been doing all season. Yeah. Um, and, if he gets the right guy off waivers, then. Yeah, and that Friar move, the Friar move um, play against the, the Raiders uh, with Pittsburgh, that's a sneaky one, too, on Saturday night because uh, Pittsburgh looked good against the Panthers last week. Um, and the Raiders really got out of a – they they won. It just feels dirty the way they won. So, yeah, you know, you could see a a big Raiders win to an ultimate collapse the next week. And one thing I've learned, Mike Tomlin, second half of the season, you cannot count out the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care. I don't care who's on the roster. Yep, um, that's a fact. He could. I'm with you. He could have. He could have freaking uh, UConn. You know, going up against the the damn. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and they're going to come. <laughs> you know, yeah, like that's just that's just Mike Tomlin football. Second half of the season, dude finds a way. I don't, has he ever had a losing record? Mm, I think this will be his first season ever if they do. So no, I mean, something to be said. That, that's that's a sneaky matchup right there. I I do yeah. think this one is going to be. Uh, I, I think Mooney wins, but I think it's going to be really, really. Um, really, really close, and 
it's one of those games where like I just I'm looking at I'm looking at these matchups as we kind of enter the second half of the season. Like you have Jacksonville coming off a big win Sunday, right? Then they got to play the Jets who had a ultimate collapse. Um bad coaching, bad use of timeouts by the Jets and what's scary to me is you have um you have Zach Wilson starting and this is a must this is a must win, must play great game for him to keep to to really keep a starting job over Mike White. Yeah. Yeah, and to make the continue to make the playoff push and playing a Jags team who's also making a playoff push. So kind of looking at that Christian Kirk, you know, right there, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, it's tough. Jets defense is good, and I like really I like good. Green Bay, and, and and this is what I think hurts Craven, you know, and going to hurt Weston too. I like Green Bay beating Miami. Miami's lost what three or four straight. Uh, I know they've. Uh, I don't. I don't know off the top of my head, honestly. And, and, and Green Bay a little bit of a schneid. And I think Green Bay wins out. I think you see the Giants lose to Minnesota. I think you see see uh, San Francisco beat Washington, and I think Seattle loses to Kansas City. And then we've got a real clusterfuck um, when the Panthers beat the Lions on uh, on Saturday as well. Oh, sheesh. So I. I <laughs> I think it could get crazy, Charles. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm just a hopeful Green Bay fan, but I I think it's going to get really weird with this last uh, these last two playoff wild card in the NFC uh, teams. Well, if you believe that the NFL is rigged and wants ratings, then <coughs> then yeah, you got to go that right. route. Um, right. Real quick side note before we pick this game: DeAndre Swift is currently sitting on the bench for for Weston. That'll be an interesting decision whether he plays him or not. Um, in a plus matchup versus the Panthers on Saturday. And and don't be surprised. I know I like Firemuth. Big fan of him as a prospect. He did not get a single target last week. I think he's a little banged up. Don't be surprised if later this week Weston puts in Joku. And I like uh, Joku going against New Orleans. Like that, that yeah, NFC, he's got the NFC South. The NFC South is in one of those weird spots where I think a 9 or 10, 10 loss team is winning that division. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That the the Panthers Bucks matchup is going to be huge. I mean, if the, I, if the Panthers could get it, I'm going to tell you. Line. This is what I think happens. I think Panthers win this week. I think New Orleans loses this week. Um, Falcons lose this week, and I think the Bucks lose this week. I think it goes back to Panthers Bucks tied. I think the following week the Bucks beat the Panthers, and it comes down to. Uh, and New Orleans wins next week, and I think it comes down to literally week eighteen. Um, whoever wins, whoever wins, you know, the Panthers Saints game is possibly in with a Bucks loss. That's what I think. Yeah. Yep, That's, it's going to be crazy, man, how it all shakes out in that division. I mean, I remember when the Panthers made it at like seven, eight, and one, and won two playoff games out of it, if I'm not mistaken, or at least one playoff game. Um. But, uh, okay, so picking this matchup, um, even with – I mean, we're picking it based on the fact that we're assuming Hurts is out, right? Um, yeah. We got to. So, fuck me. I still think it's so close, even with Hurts out. Um, I'm going to ride with my man Weston, man. I've been saying it all year. Um, it almost feels like an upset pick now, which is wild. Um, yeah. 
But so I'm going to ride have, Weston. I think it's under five points. Okay, so you got Jordan, Weston, and I've got Mooney, Jordan in the championship. Yep. Okay, good yep. Good to know. Jordan Mooney is would, would be would be a hell of a matchup. Uh, Jordan Weston would be a hell of a matchup, and Craven yep. either one would be a hell of a matchup as well. Um, well, let's uh, let's give our NFL lock of the week and hit the open road. I'm going to do it again, uh, Charles. I'm going to do the four game parlay. I don't think mine hit um, this past week. I think the the Saturday game was correct. No, the Saturday game. Yeah, I said Bills money line, right? No, I said Bills minus seven. Yeah, so I yeah, think Saturday. I think Saturday didn't cover. Um, but we're going to do it again. We're going to go four game, uh, four game, four day parlay. Um, Jag- Jaguars, Jets. I'll start it off. I think Jets cover minus one. Saturday, we roll in Bills, Bears, Buffalo minus nine. I'm not touching that. I'm sorry. No, nope, um, way off that. Texans, Titans, one o'clock. I'm not touching that. Nope. Um Chiefs, Seahawks, minus nine and a half, not touching that. Vikings, Giants, three and a half. Eh. Bengals, Patriots, that one kind of scares me. I'm going to take the Panthers to cover, plus three. Okay, so I've got Jets, minus one. I've got Panthers, plus three. And then Sunday, I've got Packers, plus four, Um Going to get great odds, um, you know, for that. And then on Monday night, give me uh, give me Chargers money line to okay. round it out. I'm going to lock that in. But my main lock of the week, Charles, and um, I hate I'm doing this. I, uh, I hate it. I hate that I'm actually doing this. My, my lock of the week <laughs> is nasty. Um, Let's hear. <laughs> give me, ugh, give me the, give me the Steelers minus three lock of the week. I hate Ooh, it. That is nasty. That is gross. I love it. Um, I love that pick. Um, I hate it. Raiders are the biggest. It, it, a Las Vegas team known for <clears throat> a hangover game. Perfect. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you there. Hey, let's let's not let this slide by. Um. The total in the Saints-Browns game, historically low, 32. You t- you touching that? Say that. We got 32 for the Saints-Browns. 32 points is the over-under yeah. in that game. I'm going to I'm going to take the over. Yeah, see that's what that I mean, how how does that how how does that not hit? I mean, part of I'm me wants take to take the, the under because it makes no sense. Uh I don't want to start right. anyone in that game. I kind of take back my Joku comment a little bit, <laughs> but I don't know. I think I, I hate to say it. I think Deshaun Watson's due for a big game. I think going at least into a his, serviceable game. <laughs> at least going into you know going into his third. This is his third game or his fourth game. Uh, I I think fourth. It'll be his fourth. I'm from this is his, yeah. This is his fourth game. Is he undefeated? Shit. I don't know. I think I know that they've won their last two. Dude, he is Okay, they right. lost um his first game back. 
Texans, was right? Texans. Then they lost to the Bengals. Then they beat the Ravens. Yeah, right, give me. Uh, I think I think we're definitely due for a big Deshaun Watson game. I hope we are. I really do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Give me. Give me. Uh, I, I give me the over in that one. What? That's not your official play, though. Correct. No, no. I I was just bringing it up because it's absurd. It um, is. So I am kind of got my eye on this uh, Niners Commanders game. Um, it's going to be a low total, uh, and the spread's a whole touchdown. And the Commanders are fighting for their playoff lives. San Francisco is on a like seven or eight game winning streak. They're nine and five against the spread. It's time for them to um, not cover. So I will take the Commanders plus seven. I definitely think the Niners win. Um, but I like the Commanders to get them into it a little bit of an ugly game and, and lose by, you know, three to six points. Okay. I like that. Um, but that's it. That's all I got. I, I'll tell your uh, four-day parlay. And uh, all right, text it me, Yeah, text me um, outside of, of this and so I can lock it in as well so we, we both can, can have it on the books. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, uh, good luck, everybody out there. Or the yeah. four of you playing, that is. <laughs> and, uh, and, of uh, course, Merry Christmas to everybody as well. Yes. And, you know, just happy holidays. And I uh, hope everybody, you know, enjoys the uh, the holiday season. And uh, we, we will talk um, right before the new year. And we'll, we'll be talking about the championship. So best of luck to everybody that's in the playoffs currently. And, um, you know, happy holidays. Yeah. Merry Christmas, you filthy goats. <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh-huh.